Welcome to the Why Your Bank Sucks podcast. My name is James Baca and I'm here today to tell you why your bank does in fact suck. Today we're going to talk about a story that happened over the weekend in Houston, Texas where a Bank of America ATM had a bit of an issue and it led to a nationwide story with jokes and on every newscast. There was articles in every paper. The internet was a buzz. I know following Twitter, Twitter loved the story of a Bank of America ATM in Houston dispensing $100 bills instead of the normal denomination, leading to a two-hour free-for-all to withdraw money at that particular ATM, leading to what I could only imagine are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of losses by Bank of America, and the... The quote, good ending to the story that Bank of America provided later on that day. Um, Let me remind everyone that I was a Bank of America employee for nearly 13 years. I was a bank teller for six of those years, and I was a salesperson slash sales manager for the remaining seven. One of my responsibilities working at Bank of America for a short amount of time, thank goodness someone else did it for me uh, when I was there, was I actually managed an ATM cartridge refill so i was the one that stuffed the cash in an atm machine and i gotta tell you i didn't like it one bit it was the most tedious task in the bank you know a lot of people think that counting money is the most fun thing they could do at the bank heck no it is the worst it's it's so tedious and even though you have machines walking around with a couple of hundred thousand dollars it is a pain it's as heavy as a six-year-old and it's just as annoying. <laughs> I don't have any kids, so I'm allowed to say that. But um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the article off of one of the major networks' websites here. And it says, Bank of America ATM in Texas mistakenly spits out $100 bills. Customers can keep it. And this is a story. Um, I just randomly picked Fox News. There's no political undertones there. It was just the first thing that came up because it was a story that everyone loved, including right wing and left wing. So here we go. It says, just in time for the holiday season, a malfunctioning Bank of America ATM in Texas early Monday dispensed $100 bills instead of $10 bills, causing several fights to break out and the bank eventually telling its lucky customers they can keep it. There was a bank at the bank and there was a line, excuse me, at the bank in North Harris County where word spread about the faulty machine. Authorities said when a customer attempted to withdraw $20 at around 11 p.m., the machine spit out a $100 bill. When the man posted about it on social media, a crowd rushed to the location, deputy said. Man, I wish I had his Twitter following. Um, A few fights ensued when people waited in line to make money from the glitch, the station reported. Uh, The commotion occurred over a roughly two-hour period before authorities arrived, officials said, and deputies dispersed the crowd and shut down the transfer machine. So Bank of America issued a statement on Monday in response to the error, and this is their statement. There was an incident at a single ATM in Houston caused when the vendor incorrectly loaded $100 bills in place of $10 bills. We have resolved the matter. Customers will be able to keep the additional money dispensed, the company said. It was not immediately clear how much extra money was dispensed or how many people benefited from it. Law enforcement did say that if the bank called on the money to be returned, criminal charges could have been filed. And this is what Joshua Nowick of the Harris County Sheriff's Office said. There's no free lunch. If you receive money that you know is not yours and you refuse to give it back upon demand, you can, at the discretion of the district attorney, be charged with theft. So the way that this story ends is kind of funny. 
and I don't know if it's just because who was reporting it or not, but the last paragraph was essentially an open threat saying, if you get money, this isn't monopoly. This isn't a bank error in your favor. You do not pass go. You don't collect $200. You can go to jail if you, if you keep that money. But of course, a few paragraphs before that, Bank of America said there was an incident that happened. We've resolved the matter and customers will be able to keep the additional money dispensed. Now, it's it's interesting to me that this was such a feel-good story. Now, we've all found money on the ground. I have, you know, two funny stories about finding money in my life. One time, my best friend and I were at a casino, and he had to go uh, use the restroom, so I just sat down at a random slot machine, and there was nine nickels in the slot machine. There was 45 cents. And I asked the older lady next to me if that was her. She said no. I asked the person next to her if that was his, and he said no. And I said, what the heck? I'm just going to play nine nine nickels on this machine and see what happens. It was an Adam's Family slot machine. So I hit the button. Something happens. I win $2 or something. And I'm like, wow, cool. And, you know, it was house money, quote, unquote. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to bet maximum bet, which was, I believe it was 27 nickels. I hit maximum bet. Then I get some bonus round. You know, they they have the Munsters running around everywhere collecting something or other. Bunch of bunch of nickels were won there. So all of a sudden, I went from having nine nickels in the machine to something like $25, I think it was. I cashed it out. And I said, hey, you know, my friend and I can go have some lunch. We were going um, to Albuquerque. I'm from central New Mexico, so Albuquerque was the destination for us on the weekends. So we got to 25, and I said, you know, we're here already. This isn't my money. Let me just put it in, in a machine, just a random machine. And um, I call it golden roading it, meaning that, you know, there's a Price is Right game when Bob Barker was the host where you win one prize, and then you can actually chance it to a bigger prize if you guess a pricing game for like an RV or a Corvette. It was some huge prize, and hardly anyone ever won it. But at the same time, you're just happy to play the game. So I'm like, hey, I have 25 bucks that I didn't have before. So I'm just going to golden road it and I'm going to put it in the slot machine. So we walk by uh, a bank of video poker machines near a bar and we put the $20 bill in. And the first spin that I had or the first deal I got, ace, 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 ace. I had four aces dialed to me which in that particular video poker game was the second best thing that you can get aside from a royal flush. It was a $1.25 bet, and I netted $501.25 out of that $1.25 bet. And I always thought it was so cool. Um, I was, you know, I was just barely legal to gamble. I was 21, 22 years old. And I said, wow, found money. And Immediately, I was thinking, you know, let's go to the club, let's go to the bar, let's go to the strip club, let's just blow this money. But I was going to college, and I didn't have a lot of money. And, you know, I was like, well, I need towels, I need a comforter for my bed, I need, you know, I was um, recording a lot of things on DVD, I need blank DVDs for my little side business that I had going on. And... I I had $500, and it was honestly, I was not working at Bank of America yet, but as a part-time teller, $500 was about three weeks of pay as a 20-hour teller back then. 
So I said, you know what? Let's go to Bed Bath & Beyond. Let's not go to the strip club. Let's go to Bed Bath & Beyond. Let's buy the things that I need. And I really needed that stuff. And funny enough, up until the time that I met my girlfriend, now wife, I, I used that comforter. I had those towels. It was a long-lasting gift off of a random 45 cents. That was, you know, I'm not a religious person, but that was just fate. That was, I feel that that was meant to be, and I and I really appreciated that money. Now, I got to tell you, whenever you see a bunch of people at an ATM, and they're like, man, I just wanted $20, I got 100 now I can buy groceries, or now I can, you know, pay off the phone bill. The phone bill is past due. That's really powerful stuff, you know. So whenever you find money like that, yeah, I, I understand, you know, it's not right to keep the money. I mean, personally, as a banker, you know, I, I would err on the side of, you know, it's not your money, return it. But at the same time, you know, finding, quote unquote, those nine nickels in a slot machine that netted me $500, that was one of the more important things in my life, if you can believe that, because that actually turned the corner for having money and having the things I needed um, in order to precipitate a move to to become a grown-up, if you will. Now, the, the hardest part of this story for me as a 13-year former employee of Bank of America is, you know, their paragraph where they say, it's caused when a vendor incorrectly loaded $100 in place of $10 bills, and we have resolved the matter, and customers will be able to keep the money. So there's a few um, subjects there that that really just intrigue me. And the first one was, you know, there was a single ATM. So they didn't want a madhouse of people going to like hundreds of ATMs hoping that the same mistake happened multiple times. But it said um, it was caused when a vendor incorrectly loaded $100 bills in place of $10 bills. So automatically, when I hear the word vendor, I automatically think that Bank of America is washing their hands of responsibility. They're saying, you know, it wasn't us. It was it was someone else. It was a vendor who who they're dumb. They they don't know what they're talking about. They put they put hundreds instead of tens. Who does that? They they caused it. They caused the scenario. And the bank of America said, you know what? Keep the money. We're gonna handle this. It sounds like a, um you know a really strict disciplinarian says, you know what? This person is gonna be punished for the mistake that they made. And uh, when I hear the word vendor, like I said, I immediately think someone who does not work for Bank of America. They're contracted by Bank of America. Now, if you've seen photos of the ATM in question, it looks to be a drive-up ATM. I don't know if it's right in front of a branch or if it's in front of like a grocery store or something. I haven't really done the, the mapping of it, nor do I really think that we need to. But it wasn't something that was done in branch. So as a bank teller, bank tellers were the ones that handled the in-branch ATMs, the one that was just right outside the wall of the bank. Tellers are responsible for that money. They had keys. They have combos. It's a really it's a really important job as a teller. If you put down a resume saying I was responsible for a quarter million dollars, then that's that's a big deal to me, in my opinion. But since this one was outside of the bank's four walls and it was out in the middle of nowhere, the the vendor thing leads me to believe that it was an armored car, armored truck type of thing, like a Brinks or a Loomis Fargo or one of those companies that actually stuffed the ATM. And, you know, that's on them. You know, if you make a mistake, you own up to it. Uh, when I got fired from Bank of America, they they 
had this trumped up charge for me saying that I did something. And in retrospect, I actually remembered the scenario and I did make a procedural error, but they almost constituted it like I willfully did that in order to to maximize my bonus, to maximize the gains that I have in a day. And it was just an honest, honest mistake. And I think full disclosure of mistakes is important in an industry like that. And, you know, as I separated from that company, I was bitter at first, but at the same time, like, you know what, they have roles to follow. It stinks that you're not given the benefit of the doubt after a long time. But whenever like this vendor incorrectly loads money, they're not given the benefit of the doubt. They said, that's what happened. It wasn't us because we didn't handle the money. Someone else did. So if it was the armored truck people that did it, my, my thing was, you know, everything has barcodes, everything is signed for and scanned, and they have to put their little passwords and keys in. So they know who did it, they know who was responsible for it. And one of the main reasons for this podcast is this is this is the reason why several people are gonna lose their jobs as a result of this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be blunt and say that the person who stuffed the ATM honestly one hundred percent made the mistake. You know, because whenever you stuff an ATM cartridge to to put the money in there for dispensing, you're supposed to run the money. You're supposed to either hand count it or if you have a machine, machine count it to make sure it's all there. Because once it's all there, you have to sign for it saying, yes, there was X amount of dollars there. And James Bach signed for it. So I know that it was, I know that it was legit and I know that it was right. So... Obviously, something wasn't counted because if they machine counted it, the machine's going to count it incrementally by the money. So it's not going to be, well, there's a thousand bills here. It's going to say, no, there's a thousand hundreds here. So that's a hundred thousand dollars. So they dropped the ball on that and shame on them. But, you know, that person is going to take that loss. Yeah, the bank has insurance, blah, blah, blah. The bank will recoup the money. That's what banks do. Banks recoup their money. Banks don't lose. They always win, apparently. Uh, not if I could help it, but they always win. But someone's going to take what's called a performance loss, and it's going to be that vendor, quote-unquote, the armored car person who stuffed the ATM. And that person's probably going to lose their job. I don't know if the bank or that company will, will try to recuperate the money, but an honest mistake leads to a termination. Now, if it's a teller and that happens, the teller will take the performance loss. And believe me, because I've seen people get fired for a dollar, they will be terminated because of the loss of money that they incurred while at Bank of America. And obviously someone gives that money to the armored car person. So all of a sudden you have the Loomis, you know, the Loomis Fargo or Brinks or whoever it is in that town gets their money from Bank of America. They get it from the cash vault, and the cash vault's the one that creates the little receipts, tickets, to show how much money's in there. They sign off on it. So, yes, it was the armored car person who stuffed the, the cartridges of money's vault. It's also the vault associate. Someone didn't count the money, or someone just mistakenly put the straps of cash into a bag that they shouldn't have, Maybe they were overwhelmed, maybe they had too much going on, and all of a sudden they stuffed wads of hundreds instead of wads of tens or twenties. So that person just, you know, egregiously, whether it was purposeful or not, and I, I hardly think that it was on purpose, made a mistake that led to tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in mistakes. So 
that associate is going to have a, an audit of their vault. They're going to show that they're short a hell of a lot of money. And all of a sudden, if it's more than a couple hundred bucks, it's going to be escalated to region, the market managers, and all that stuff. That person's going to get fired too. So that person's going to lose their job. And I don't know how much a vault associate makes. I imagine they make a good chunk of money, 40, 50K a year. I, I don't know. I've never looked. And Glassdoor will probably have it. I'm not sure. But also, whenever you lose an amount of money that big too, they're like, well, who's that person's manager? You know, who's James's manager? And like, oh, yeah, that that Mr. Johnson is his supervisor. So Mr. Johnson, they, you know, the regional execs, the corporate execs talk to him and say, you know, that James messed up. That James lost us $100,000. Look, we're, we're a laughing stock in social media and on the news because we had an ATM that was spitting out tens of thousands of dollars that wasn't, you know, our clients. So that manager is going to have a reprimand. That manager can lose their job too because it's in their center, their cost center, their store center, whatever. And all of a sudden, their store has lost that money for the bank. So that impacts bonuses. That impacts, of course, disciplinary action up to and including termination. That manager is going to lose their job too because it's not 100 bucks. We're talking tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, you think about it from those, you know, from that perspective and three people and I don't know if they celebrate Christmas or any other, you know, holy holidays during the month of December, three people will spend the holiday season without a job. In essence, what was a feel-good story for Bank of America? It's like, oh, this money's just spilling out of the ATM. Everyone's happy because it got more money than they should. Three people are going to be on the unemployment line. They're not going to have money for gifts. They're not going to have money for Christmas dinner. They're going to have to find another job. And you better believe if they apply for another financial job, that's going to be on their record. And some other bank may say, hey, you know, Bank of America put a flag on them saying that they lost $100,000 in an ATM. So should we hire them here at Compass Bank or Wells Fargo or our local credit union? No. They're going to say, you know, we can't run the risk of having that person do it. And that's the unfortunate thing is it's such a black mark for everyone involved. And it just makes me want to cry because they're they're having their worst moment as an associate of that company. And it's spun around in the media and it's spun around, you know, to the people who read the story as, oh, wow, what if that happened to us? How cool would that be? Yeah, it's cool to find money, but, you know, someone's going to lose their job. Three people are going to lose their job. My little slot machine story, it was it was nine nickels that were in a slot machine that someone forgot about. Maybe they just thought they were done and they didn't have any money left, but I saw it and I spun the wheel and I won some money. You know, I was in Las Vegas and I found a $10 bill on the ground. In Money Hungry Las Vegas, if I go, hey, whose $10 bill is this? Do you think I'm going to get an honest answer? I don't think so. I don't think I'll get any honest answer at that point because they'll want to put it in a machine just like I did. And they'll want to win some more money. I, you know, found the money and I put it in a slot machine. I didn't win that time, but it was found money. There's no supervisor that says I couldn't keep that money. Now, you you have a situation where those people are going to lose their jobs because of all this paperwork that kind of tracks the the errors down to multiple people. And I understand that part of it. As a company, they have the right to terminate people who 
who aren't responsible with that money. That's why I hated the ATM job was because I was just responsible for $250,000 that I didn't want to deal with. I was our bank's vault associate for a couple of years, and I believe we could have up to half a million dollars in there, if I'm not mistaken. And most banks will carry up to half a million dollars unless they're in some crazy big city. So it's tedious because you always have to count it every single day. And you have to sign all these things, and you're not sure what you're signing, and there's all this paperwork that's involved in it. And it's all geared towards making that associate possibly get fired if a mistake is made. It's funny because... That that money doesn't have barcodes on it on the actual bills itself, but the bags that it comes in, the trucks that it goes in, you know, the Federal Reserve that prints it, it's all tracked everywhere. And it you, you can't run away from the the faults of that responsibility should something go wrong. And I think, you know, that's that's what's just astounding about this story to me was that the whole system collapsed and and the only thing that i can say to that is all those are stressful jobs all those are horrible stressful jobs to to work in an armored truck they don't make a lot of money they they are a notch above minimum wage in most cases they have to have guns on the vehicle they can get robbed or killed and they have to drive around going 25 miles an hour in this slow hulk of a vehicle that has to get its transmission done every month or something like that, according to one of our former, you know, uh, vault associates. And it's tedious, and you got to deal with money. You have to be strong to lift all that money. You have to be, you know, diligent to make sure that the money's facing all the right way. You got to make sure you're not overstuffing it. That's a hard job. And that person has a boss who's probably on their ass, understandably so. Then you go to the vault associate for the bank, and in this case, it's Bank of America. You know, oh, did you get that store's order done already? Hey, someone called in a special order. They want $50,000 because they're giving out $100 bills to their employees for Christmas. Hey, there's a person who needs $20,000 in brand new $100 bills because they're going to China. And in China, they don't accept any bill that's pre-2016. That's an actual fact. They don't accept old $100 bills. I had so many Chinese students that told me that and, you know, begged me to give them new bills whenever they needed new bills. You have that person going 10 different ways and then you have their manager on their ass saying... Did you get that done? Oh, c- come on. You know, you got to get this done. We can't have any overtime. We can't have any overtime. So you got to you got to bundle this and you got to ship it out. Hey, the armored car is here for the Harris County ATM. You got to get that out. Did you get it out? Okay, now go take a 10-minute break cuz you're going to be over your time, but when you get back, you got to get that special order for the the Chinese $100 bills and you got to get the other branches money ready. You got to get you got to get out of here by 4:15 otherwise we're in trouble. And that person is stressed. That person is overwhelmed. Yeah, people get overwhelmed at their job. But when you probably have to deal with several million dollars in a place and it's all your responsibility and you lose 10 of those bills, you can get fired. Um, that's really stressful. And the reason that that person's supervisor is on their butt, because I had supervisors that were on my butt at all times, is because their supervisor is on their butt saying, you know, your guys' hours at your location are ridiculous. How come you guys can't get out on time? Do you guys need help? Do you guys, can you guys handle the job? So that supervisor that's berating the vault associate is also getting chewed out by their boss because something's not right. Or even if something is perfect, 
they're gonna find something to nitpick, and all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta get this right." We had a complaint of a torn bill in this ATM over here, and we can't have that. Make sure your associates inspect all the bills to make sure none of them are mutilated, because if they're mutilated, then we have to take that loss. But also, you can't be over your time. So you have so many things going on that they're talking about, and it's just ridiculous. It's just, it's just nonstop finding something wrong and that person hates their life and then they pass it down to that vault associate who hates their life and that person gives it to their to the armored car people and the armored car people hate their life because of how crappy the job is how tedious it is and how they're not getting paid as handsomely as they should it's ridiculous so that's this isn't uh, a very happy story you know there's a lot of just emotion that's beyond this story that i just I never worked in that part of banking, but it is stressful. If it was stressful on my little small town branch, it's going to be stressful to handle 20 times that amount of money. Now, a lot of people are asking why there was um, $100 bills instead of 10s and saying, well, only $20 bills are in ATMs. No, my friends, there's some ATMs, mostly in bigger cities, that do dispense 10s and 20s. Some will actually dispense 50s. Um, there's a local bank here in Las Cruces, New Mexico that dispenses $5 bills. Um, so that's not a weird thing. That's that's normal in those big cities. Although Bank of America is coming out with ATMs that you'll actually be able to get all denominations, including hundreds for that matter. So hundreds in the ATM is going to be a normal thing. And what's going to happen is that's going to be the primary denomination pretty soon. It's going to be hundreds because they're like, well, we don't want people just withdrawing $10 because of all these transaction fees with Visa, MasterCard, or whatever. It's not worth our while to do all these transactions. So you're going to see a big change in the way denominations are in all ATMs. Maybe it takes 10 years, but you know, having $10 bills in there is going to be the norm because what you're doing is you're eliminating the bank teller. You're eliminating the inside of the bank to do you know transactions like that and you're gonna put it all at the ATM so it's inevitable that more of these mistakes are gonna happen but are they gonna be as nice and go hey you can keep the money we made a mistake but you can keep the money because it's Christmas time no way there's no way that that's gonna happen so as more and more mistakes you know happen with these new newfangled ATMs and all their cool new features you may have an error like that I'm sure there's gonna be an associate that'll do it and then you're gonna then you're gonna start hearing stuff like Sergeant Joshua Nowick of the Harris County Sheriff's Office that says there's no free lunch. If you receive money you know is not yours and you refuse to give it back on demand, you at the discretion of the district attorney can be charged with theft. You'll be seeing a lot more of that from Bank of America and other banks if this happens again. This was a one off, this was a way to get good headlines in the news by saying, Hey, you can keep the money. And it's just it's it's just ridiculous to me. I mean, I I just I just can't believe that people don't see the underlying story of that. Now, there's another part of the story that I'll be honest with you, I'm really uncomfortable talking about. Um, mainly because you know I'm a Hispanic American. I you know my last name is Baca. That's you know Hispanic origin from Spain for cabeza de vaca and you know I I don't have roots from Mexico, but I'm sure there's some ancestor. 100 years ago that lived in Mexico. I, I don't really know my family tree, but I'm, I'm an American. I was born here. My parents are born here. My grandparents, my great-grandparents, and so forth. So, you know, the, the when we talk about something like this, I'm uncomfortable about it because 
as an American, you know, we have this this shame now to talk about these subjects that we're afraid to talk about for fear of alienating people. But I reached out to a cousin of mine who lives in Houston, and I just asked her, I was like, you know, do you know where this is at, this this part of Houston? And she says, well, it's not really the best part of town, you know, and... and Whenever I hear stuff like that, I automatically think of, like, you know, the barrio or something or some place where it's low income, maybe, you know, projects or maybe it's something that just it's working class, you know, a lot of labor type people. And all of a sudden I kind of thought about it and I'm like, wow, I wonder if they let them keep the money because let's just say that it's predominantly African-American or predominantly Hispanic would Bank of America really want to poach that money back from its customers during Christmas time? Basically, do would they want to take money away from minorities during Christmas time? Now, I know it sounds crazy. I know I sound like a crackpot conspiracy theory, you know, person, but doesn't it make a little bit of sense? If it was in Beverly Hills, if it was in some place where, you know, the average account has six figures in it, and taking 20 bucks out to tip the valet was just really going to be the only thing. And 100 came out, and then they took the $80 difference out and say, well, you got 100 out of our ATM, so we got to, you know, uh, charge the $80 difference to your account. And someone's going to make a stink about it, but at the end, they still have a lot of money. One of those people went on spending sprees, and then a week later, Bank of America said, James Baca, you took out, um, well, you're supposed to take out $200, but it looks like you got... 10 100s instead of 10 20s so we're going to deduct 800 dollars from your account and we're actually going to refer you to the district attorney if you don't return this money by the end of the month imagine if you get that letter or that email or that phone call and someone says you got to give it back or we're going to call the cops on you do you really want bank of america to threaten a whole bunch of minorities you know during the holidays i don't think so even if you're you know threatening a whole bunch of upper middle class people they wouldn't want that that just seems very heavy-handed and although this sergeant Nowick is a cop and i understand his job and he probably deals with the worst of the worst in his job the bank doesn't and you know if the bank went was to go heavy-handed and say give us that money or we're going to call the cops on you that would be bad optics I did a little public relations, you know, before I started working at the bank and to basically threaten the people that pay your salary and Bank of America's checks used to say, you know, brought to you by our customers. If you were threatening to jack their money, to use a street term that I grew up with, and basically say, we're taking this back because you, you, you weren't supposed to get it. And and you don't have it, you're overdrawn now. Well, you better put it in the account. We're going to close your account out, report you to check systems, and we're going to call the cops. Imagine being that bully at the bank. And yes, there are bullies at Bank of America. Don't I know it? I worked for them, you know. But imagine if that did happen and all of a sudden you had, and I'm, I'm just guesstimating, okay, because I hadn't done an ATM in a long time. Typically, it's like 100000 to $300,000 in the ATM. Well, if it was all hundreds instead of just tens and twenties, I mean, there could be a million dollars in that ATM. So all of a sudden, you're going to steal a million dollars back from the customers who got it because of your error, because of errors from your vendors that you are paying so you don't have to pay you know, health insurance and vacation pay to actual Bank of America associates who probably could handle that. You're going to pick on your customers for that. That's, that's just bad optics, and that's horrible. 
And I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy if you're threatening, you know, people for money that you gave them and it was your mistake. Now, as a teller, I took a lot of losses. I really did. I mean, it's $10 here or there, but you could always explain this. Like, oh, the money was stuck together. It was Christmas money or graduation money, so they always get new bills. So maybe I gave out an extra 20 or something. And depending on the associate, you know, some would get reprimanded. Some could get a write-up. But, some, you know, it's a mistake and those things happen. I'm not even going to worry about $20 because we're going to spend an hour and a half looking for it in your drawer. And it's gonna, you're going to make $20 doing it. We'd rather just eat the money, call it a day, and just come in in your normal time. That's the way bank managers think about it. But all of a sudden, someone checks their vault. And if it was early morning Monday going into Sunday, then I'm wondering if this was a mistake that happened over the weekend, like a Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving and if so, then that means Bank of America wasn't balancing out their vault because someone should have spotted that error. Someone should have counted it because they're supposed to count it all the time. And to pass that, it's not misconduct because misconduct in indicates that someone did it on purpose and it's a crime. But, you know, uh, negligence, if you, if you pass that on to your customers and all of a sudden a customer who doesn't have that money, who spent that money, is charged with felony theft. You know, how is that all of a sudden trickle down to the person who pays your salary? It's just wrong. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this for about three days before I decided to do this podcast and say, well, do I really want to sound like a crackpot with all these, you know, bad stories? I'm not a crackpot. I'm not. I'm thinking of it as a person who worked at a bank for 40% of his life. And I know that these are the things that happened because this was my everyday existence at a bank. And I know that there's a couple of people at least that are probably looking for a job. A couple of people at least that were told by their boss how worthless they were. Or how they, they're just horrible and... They'll never work in banking again, and they may face charges for losing the bank money. I mean, this is the way that banks operate. So, you know, a front-facing employee, like a teller or a banker, which it was, you know, I was both of those roles, is going to eat it a lot more if they disappear. Because they're going to be like, hey, where's James at? Oh, he no longer works for the bank. And, and you kind of wonder, well, maybe he found a better job, or maybe they fired him, or whatever. But these people that are actually the bread and butter of the bank, that make the bank tick, that makes the bank open and makes the bank, quote, convenient for your customers, stuffing money into an ATM so they don't have to go into your branch, all of a sudden they're gone. And you don't know they're gone because there was this cute story in the news where Bank of America, not the vendors, you know, was spinning out ATM, uh, you know, errors and printing out $100 bills and causing all this commotion that led to fights and all this stuff you're not going to go hey i wonder what that vault associate has to say about that or the armored car vendor you know most people don't even know how those things work unless they see it happen in action so they're not thinking about it yet there's two or three people that are probably experiencing life-altering you know thoughts and life-altering decisions now because of an error. And like I said, I'm not trying to not point the blame at them. That's, that's you know, un inconceivable to me that you can make that, that amount of money disappear. But 
all of a sudden there's people who are thinking about paying their bills and it's not going to happen because Bank of America is going to take it out on them and their career because of a comedy of errors that could have easily been avoided if one person would have just said, hey, there's a hundred in here. There's another hundred. Man, look at this. There's a strap of hundreds in here. Uh, there's got to be a mistake. We we got to document this. And, you know, there's two or three associates in the armored car. They'll sign for it saying, we witnessed that there were hundreds in here. And they go to the cash vault. And then the cash vault spots it. And then all of a sudden, their contingencies are in place. And they don't have to worry about, they don't have to worry about losing a lot of money. Because they caught it. All it took was one person. They didn't. They lose the money. Bank of America makes makes himself the hero by allowing all the people to keep their money. But in reality, there's several people that are going to hate this story. And anytime they see it on social media, they're going to just, just hate life because it, it's affected them. And it's not cool. And as time goes on and banks are going to start to close, you know, Bank of America's consolidating branches, they closed mine. You're going to see more ATMs. You're going to see more ATM mistakes. You may see this more. You may not see more of it. But all of a sudden, you have this new variable of, well, we don't know how the sausage is made and how money is put into ATMs, but we do know that there's a possibility that I can get some extra money out of it. But the next time, it's not going to be so so much of a happy story. It's going to be Sergeant Nowick um, arresting you for fraud and per, for felony theft. And that's scary stuff. Because, you know, to close, I, I just wanted to say it's amazing to me that the, the police shut down the ATM. Like, Bank of America wasn't there to turn it off. The police said, hey, you can't use this machine anymore. Yeah, their job is to protect everyone, not just, you know, people, but, you know, businesses and stuff too from loss. But the police were the ones that broke it up just because there was fights at the ATM. What do they care? You know, and and you see such a heavy-handed statement like you're going to be charged with theft. You almost start to wonder, you know, like, well, someone has to be the bad cop here. And Bank of America was the good cop. And then, of course, Harris County Sheriff's Office was the bad cop. And they're doing their job. But at the same time, this story is twisted around saying, we know you guys are crooks. You guys took more money. But, you know, we're going we're gonna to let it slide because the bank says it's cool. But if this happens again, better watch out because you can go to jail for that. And all of a sudden, a fun story just becomes a nightmare. And like I said, I debated about talking about this story, but there's so many interesting parts of the story to talk about. And I, I just had to. You you have the people losing their jobs. You having the, the horrible oversight of tens of thousands of dollars just incorrectly being placed somewhere. You have the potential of a bank trying to recuperate money from people who maybe don't have a lot of money. People in working or lower class neighborhoods. Possibly, you know, predominantly minorities. And you have this kind of fear-mongering of, you're going to be arrested if this happens again. So check your money, and if there's a mistake, you're going you're gonna, gonna to have to give it back. Yes, banks will have their ATM logs. They'll know exactly who put their cards in and who took out what. So they'll be able to identify and try to recuperate that money. 
But what if someone was a Wells Fargo customer and they just decided to use your ATM? Is a rival bank going to go after a, a rival bank's client because of their mistake? That's just so wrong. And then it just makes everyone hate banks that much more because it's just one big blur at that point. So that's it for this topic today and for this podcast. My name is James Baca, and I just told you another reason why your bank sucks. Go to www.whyyourbanksucks.com to learn more about the podcast and buy some of the items from our store. Uh, We have a running commentary of horrible customer service experiences at www.thebankscrew.us. The bank screwed us. And then I do have another podcast called The Banker Dude where we talk about um, learning how to save money, learning about deals, and talking to people about how how they spend money and how they earn money. It's a fun podcast, so look for that. It's www.thebankerdude.com. All of the podcasts are available on Google Podcasts and iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And I invite you to listen to us again. We'll do this twice a week until I tire of it, which I don't think I ever will. Um, but leave us a good review on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Um, our sponsors, Please use them. They are really good people. They're really determined to give you a good deal and to give you and to do the right thing like I intend to do. So, you know, please do all that. Follow us on social media. And I really hope that you join us again for another um, episode of Why Your Bank Sucks. And hopefully, if your ATM spits out more than what was intended, I hope that you're not sent to jail the next time. Uh, that we we talk to each other so you have yourself a great day and thanks so much again for listening goodbye